Hey St. John, welcome to the Post Sermon Podcast. I am Deaconess Dahlia and with me today is Vicar Tim. Hello. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Doing very well. So today we will be discussing your sermon from this past Sunday. So tell us, what was the text that you preached on? Yeah, so I preached on Matthew twenty-two, fifteen through 22. And so this is a text in which some of Jesus' opponents come to him during Holy Week. Uh, they ask him this question that is supposed to trap him because they ask, is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar? Uh, if Jesus says yes, then, well, he'll be discredited in the eyes of the people because they hate Roman taxation. If he says no, they can hand him over to the authorities because, you know, that's arguing for rebellion and the Romans don't like that. <laughs> and so Jesus answers their question with this um, really interesting line, render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's. Yeah, that is a really interesting line. And this text is difficult to really understand, correct? Yes. <laughs> yeah, which is kind of what you, I believe the direction that you went with for your sermon. Yeah, yeah, because I've read all these different articles, commentaries, things like that, um, as I mentioned in the sermon. And and they were all saying different things? Yeah, like everybody was focusing on different aspects of it. Everyone was saying, oh, the text is about this or that or whatever. And I, I was just getting so frustrated because I couldn't decide, like, all right, what what does this phrase mean? What is the most important part of this text? Um, and that's kind of where eventually led to the idea of, well, what do we do when we don't understand things in the Bible? And that leads us to your central teaching, right? Yeah. Which is, how would you summarize that? Yeah, I would almost summarize it as, um, and there, that God does give us clear promises uh, in the Bible, in the uh, teaching of the pure like gospel message. Um, and so... Part of the thing was that, you know, when we don't understand things, maybe we can just turn to the places where we do understand. Um, because, I mean, this this text, render to Caesar things that are Caesar and to God the things that are God's. I mean, ultimately, whichever interpretation of this passage you choose, it's probably not going to affect, um, you know, your standing before God. Um, it's ultimately our faith in the promises of what Jesus has done for us. That's what matters in the end. Yeah, no, I like that. So you're saying when we come across a difficult passage in scripture, perhaps this one or maybe others, um, that it's okay if we wrestle with it, that that's not going to affect the clear text of the gospel in the scriptures. Is that what you mean? Yeah, because, you know, it can be frustrating if we don't understand something and might feel like, oh, well, I'm such an idiot, or I'm a Christian, I should be able to understand this. Well, God's the only one who really knows and understands everything that's in his word. Um, I mean, we're sinful humans. We just can't understand everything that God has said, and we shouldn't expect to necessarily understand everything. I mean, there's passages that, you know, people have been wrestling with for a couple thousand years now. And so 
or not just magically going to suddenly understand every single thing clearly, I guess. Yeah, I see what you're saying. But what would you say to someone who maybe would use that as a reason not to study God's word or just, well, if you can't understand it, then what's the point? Well, we, sh- we should still try. Um, and, I mean, we should always look to our resources because sometimes, you know, the meaning is there. It just may not be obvious at first. Um, this certainly is not um, an excuse for us not to study God's word or to only look at, you know, the three or four passages that we really like. Um, because it was intended to be, you know, what do you do when you're just really frustrated because you just really can't get something or you're questioning whether, you know, you're doing it right if you can't understand something. Um, I guess that was my intent to provide some comfort in that type of situation where you just can't figure something out. Right, it kind of goes back to what you said, how in spite of that, there are still those clear promises of the gospel in Scripture that we can look to in maybe those frustrating times where we don't completely understand what's being said in Scripture. Yeah. I do have a here's some question that is along these lines, and that is, did Jesus want his meaning to be found? In this particular passage, um, I don't know. Be, to be completely honest, I mean, I just don't know that we can say for certain. I mean, I don't think Jesus' opponents necessarily understood what he was saying. Um, I don't know that we can necessarily understand it, although we, I mean, we can take solid guesses at what he means, but I'd say the better thing would be to ask almost like, why why is this passage here? Why is it included? Uh, Because it is the first in a series of attempts by Jesus' opponents to trap him in some way or to ask him difficult questions, um, all of which he is able to answer successfully. Um, And so... I think you can also look at it as, well, you know, on the one hand, you've got Jesus, the Son of God, standing there, or you've got this little band of fools who are trying to trap the Son of God without even realizing that God is literally standing there in their midst. Yeah, I like that you said band of fools. Right, and it is really cool to also look at the Old Testament epistle here. Um, I know your sermon was kind of talking about, it's okay if we don't understand difficult passages, but let's go go in that direction for a minute. Uh-huh. Um, thinking about Old Testament and how it's Proverbs 8, right? Yes. Talking about <laughs> wisdom. Yes. And just and then that goes with the epistle of, um, in Philippians talking about, really, I mean, we don't have the word fools, but pretty much talking about these people whose end is destruction, their God is their belly, and they glory in their shame. So you see this contrast, right? Yeah, yeah. With um, Jesus, who really is wisdom. Right, yes. and we hear these wise words of him in the gospel, and then that contrast with him and the the Pharisees and those who are chasing after other gods, right? Yeah. So I don't know. So I think there, like you said, there's still things that can be gained and um, meanings to the text that we can perhaps understand to an extent, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. For sure. Right. Right. Um, well, what if we take that? that question and kind of not just apply it to that particular passage, but just thinking about overall, do you think Jesus wants his meaning to be found in scripture? I, I would say so. I mean, there are times when like 
he does speak with clarity and where he very much says, I mean, even like oftentimes in private to the disciples, he says, here's what this parable means. Um, you know, it talked about how like, you know, he doesn't, he often says that the parables are meant so that um, the crowds want to understand, but then he does tell his disciples what they mean uh, with some frequency. Um, and so I do think that, yes, there are absolutely times when um, Jesus is, really does want people to understand what he's saying. Um, I think there's also times when, you know, the point may not necessarily be to try to pull a teaching out of a phrase of his when he's responding right. to people whose question is not sincere. They're trying and, to trap and, him. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. This is not so a it's sincere, not a fair question. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Yeah, one commentator called it, it's a non-answer of Jesus. He's not really trying to answer their question in, in any way. He's hmm. just outmaneuvering them in some in some form. Right, right. No, I like that. Um, yeah, no, and I, I like what you said too. Um, if and if you think of this like in the in more of a broad, wide sense about Jesus' meaning, um, it definitely is found in scripture. And I mean just who he is, like being the Messiah is really the key that unlocks scripture for us. Yeah. So we when we kinda read God's word with that that lens of Jesus being our savior, things do make sense, you yeah, know. Yeah. Um, sure, maybe there's still those difficult passages, but kind of like you said, it that doesn't change the fact um, of the you know what the gospel is and what that meaning is for for us. So yeah. I don't know, just yeah. kind of looking at it from both sides. Yeah, for sure. What was a challenge for you with the sermon process? Well, you know, just trying to understand what the text meant. Um, there was a lot of frustration with that. Um, <laughs> yeah, and were you trying to go in a different direction? With the, with like your sermon at first with that text, I had all kinds of ideas floating around. <laughs> I I think I had like, there, I I covered a couple of whiteboards and different ideas, none of which I liked, because um, I felt all of them fell apart at some point in, where eventually like I felt like I was either going too far with what the text says or wasn't actually talking about the text anymore in any real way. So there was a lot of frustration with that, which ended up having a good resolution in that it really worked into what <laughs> that kind of became the problem of yeah, your sermon yeah was exactly. <laughs> understanding what Jesus yeah. was saying okay yeah. so I guess to end then my final question how do you intend to benefit your hearers and their faith through life with your with your work your sermon from Sunday yeah I mean I think that everybody is going to have that moment of coming across a passage and just they're either daily Bible reading or maybe they hear a passage at church that wasn't like preached on or something. And they're just like, what did that mean? I don't understand that. And you know, you know, sometimes you might even go and look in some different books or something to try to figure it out. And maybe you still don't know. I mean, that's a frustrating moment. And especially as Christians, we're going to have that feeling of, why can't I understand this? And so, I guess I want to encourage people in those moments that don't be surprised when it happens, one. Two, maybe don't feel like, you know, you're being a bad Christian in some way. And three, what do you do at that point? And really, at that point, you just turn to the places where you do understand, where that gospel message comes through with clarity. And those are the passages that you're going to turn to anyway when you're in, like, a time of spiritual or physical trouble, um, 
when you're sick, when you're on your deathbed, um, not the weird, obscure stuff. And that's what we know. I brought in you know, John 3, 16, Psalm 23, the resurrection accounts. I mean, that's what people want to hear when they're in great affliction. Not Matthew 22. <laughs> I don't want to hear render to Caesar what is Caesar's if I'm <laughs> in, in 70 right. years when I'm on my deathbed. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. You, you're right. I mean, when someone's going through some kind of spiritual affliction or they're on their deathbed, you're going to want to hear Psalm 23, John 3, 16. Yeah, yeah. Passages like that that are just, you are able to understand and, and yeah. you can see what Christ has done for you in those, those passages. Yeah. This wraps up the episode for today. Thank you for listening to our discussion. In case you missed the sermon or you'd like to listen to it again, the link to the sermon's in the show notes. You can also find the sermon on our church website, thinkjohndublin.org. If you, the listener, would like to submit a question about a sermon, please email us at podcast at stjohndublin.org. Thank you, Vicar, for joining me and for feeding us the word this week. My pleasure. All right, take care, you guys. Bye. Bye.